wealth means to me is just being able to control my time. When I work jobs, I used to hate when somebody tell me you can only eat at one o'clock or you get this limited time of break. It's like, no, I'm not hungry at one. And I want to be on break longer than 15 minutes or whatever it is. But wealth means to me time, freedom, and legacy. Once you build wealth, you build legacy. I have a three-year-old daughter, and I want to install in her now what wealth is and building legacy. And it starts with me to be in that example. This episode of the Tide Capital Millionaire Podcast was brought to you by Black America Inc., a trillion dollar nation by A.R. Morton. Black America Inc. is a piece of literature that details and illustrates the socioeconomic solutions that black Americans can implement in their communities today. Whether it be being captains of our own industries, creating our own political parties, or just learning how to strengthen our overall health and wealth, Black America Inc. is what black Americans and Americans in general need to get to the next level in 2017 and beyond. For too many years, we have been talking about the problems and not the solutions. For too many years, we've been pointing fingers at each other without talking about the solutions. This is why Black America Inc. is important. If you're ready to build yourself up and rebuild your community, head on over to Amazon.com and order your copy of Black America Inc., a trillion dollar nation. My name is Andre C. Hatchet, a.k.a. Mr. Own or Be Own, and I'm encouraging everybody listening to this podcast to pick up my new book, Own or Be Own, The Black Man's Guide to Wealth Creation in America on Amazon.com. If you're a black man, if you need guidance, inspiration, a path, a path to follow to build wealth in this country, pick it up. Own or Be Own, The Black Man's Guide to Wealth Creation in America. Welcome to the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast with your host, Charles Oglesby III, a.k.a. Todd Millionaire. This is the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast. This is episode number 59. My name is Charles Oglesby, also known as Todd Millionaire. I'm the founder and the director of the Todd Capital Investment Club. We have 210 members now. Also the founder of our Todd Acquisitions Club, which is our crowdfunded real estate firm. It's actually a real estate partnership is the more legalistic way to, to phrase that statement. However, um, we have funding and cash flow deal one, rehab on deal two should be done on this upcoming Monday, and we're closing deal three within this month. So we're doing some great things. Thank you all for tuning in. You all know the purpose of this show is to share the stories of successful African-American investors and business owners so that people can hear the stories of successful examples and learn that business and investing are the two keys to financial success and generational wealth. And not only that, it's open to us all. Um, I think that's one thing I, I definitely want to mention here is college degree, no college degree, high school diploma, no high school diploma. Business, entrepreneurship, and investing are open to us all. Today, to discuss that, we have a special guest. He goes by the name of Brandon Wigley. Um, he is the VP of Sales and Customer Relations at the Jay Morrison Academy. He is an alum of the University of South Florida in Tampa, Florida. He is a real estate investor, and he is also a serial entrepreneur. He has owned a tax franchise and is currently co-owner of Only On The Weekend LLC, an online t-shirt boutique, and is currently a partner with Godfather of Print Printing Company. So with that, welcome to the show, man. I uh, appreciate that, brother. You did your research. I didn't even know you knew all that about it. <laughs> That's what's happening. That's what's happening. So um, I've been following you for a while, and I think that one of the things that is so funny, you always mention this um, when you talk about branding, is you talk about how it's important to kind of announce yourself. And one of the reasons why I followed, started following you is because you had this profile, and it was Real Estate King. And I was like, if he's the Real Estate King, 
and I'm interested in real estate, I need to follow this guy and I need to learn more about real estate. Can you kind of talk about branding and announcing yourself and the importance of that? One of the most important things I learned about really branding and marketing from one of my mentors, Jay Morrison. Um, I took his class probably back in 2014. It was a real estate class to learn how to you know, start investing in real estate. But to be honest, what I took most from that course was branding. I want to say it's the second lesson plan in the course, and it's strictly only on branding. And from there, man, I, I, I love music. I'm a music junkie. <laughs> so I always, when I was younger, I used to see how artists would, like, you know, market their album they're about to release or how they market their singles. So that is this branding has always been something important to me. And I feel like everybody should learn it. I don't care what business you're in. So what what does branding look like to you? What well, is a great question. What does branding it's your identity, man. Like somebody told me branding is what someone says um when you're not around, what they think about you when you're not around. Like you just said, you gave an example how, you know, I call myself this real estate king. So, you know, if you want to get into real estate, I'm the person you're supposed to be around. That's branding or knowing, you know, Nike has built this strong brand over the years. Um, you know exactly you know, if you want a running shoe, you're going to go to Nike for the most part. You know, of course, they have competitors now, so it's not all Nike dominated, but they have a strong brand. It's, it's, it's your identity, man, and especially in the world that we live in now with so much social media um, and online presence. Visibility creates more opportunity. So the more visible you are in your brand, um, the more opportunity you get to have. And a reason why I call myself the real estate king, I kind of took it from the T.I., <laughs> where T.I. called himself, you know, the king of the South. He fresh, he knew, you know, his first album, you got Outkast, Lil Wayne, Cash Money, No Limit, everybody coming out. And then you had this, this guy from Atlanta with no album, and he calls himself the king of the South. It calls attention, you know what I mean? Got his eyes on him. And I knew with me, without doing any deal, but this confidence in myself and, and the things that I'm learning, if I come out and call myself real estate king, um, that would help me, you know, get some attention in that industry and what it did and which it did because I got my first deal from Facebook. It's <laughs> just like calling myself the real estate king. So that was that, you know, branding is everything, man. Yeah. I, I think that one of the things that Jay says is um, he says you want to kind of make yourself the, the person to go to in your industry, the person to go to in whatever you do. Um, and I yeah. think that's kind of what you did is like you take that the term king is already it's royal. It's, a, it's the highest that you can go. And then you attach that to what you want to be. And then you become that main person. You become the go to guy. And as you see now, I don't even use that anymore. <laughs> I'm the real estate king. Real estate is cool. Real estate. I love it. I, I not love it, but I like it. I'm not in love with real estate. It's not a passion of mine, but I understand you know, what real estate can do for me, you yeah. know, with wealth building. I came out as that and branded myself because at the time, as you said earlier, I had a tax office. So people knew me as the tax guy. When you think of Brandon, oh, he does taxes. He owns a couple of tax offices. So I had to, had to come up with something that, uh, like you said, just really shake it up for myself and, you know, get rebrand myself. And, and so what encouraged that rebranding? As I started doing real estate and it was pretty, you know, I'm not the super real estate guru or anything, but I, you know, I was pretty, I, I did pretty well for myself in real estate, but I also realized that's not a passion of mine, man. I'm not doing anything if I'm not passionate about it. I know that sounds cliche, but I really 
I really try to live that life. And I know real estate, I'm not in love with it. For me, I'm more in love with, you know, just being myself. I'm multifaceted. I love music. I love sales. Um, I love sports. And just really brand myself around me. It's me being me. I love the King Kenny Burns, but he had, I wish I could use his name. He's called the Lifestyle Specialist. <laughs> and that's something I'm like, man, I want that name. Just brand myself now of just living my lifestyle and everything that I love. I love business, not just real estate. You know, so I didn't want to put myself in just that real estate box. After you branded yourself the real estate king and you did all that, what did your first deal look like? I started off wholesaling from the Jay Morrison Academy. I learned that, but I also, I was, I'm an information junkie. So I stayed on YouTube a lot, stayed on Google a lot. I went to a lot of networking events. So I learned different, um, different skill sets within wholesaling. So, like I said, I brand myself as the real estate king. So I used to pump that out. I used to come out with a little quotable, tell people I'm in real estate because, like I said at the time, um, people knew me as taxes for tax for doing taxes. So I came across something called probates. Right, kind of sum it up really fast is when people inherit property. So I'm like, you know what? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, I'm on the outskirts. I actually live in Norfolk. There's not too much activity here in Norfolk, right? So I'm like. I need to just focus on on Norcross up here in North Georgia. Most of the people are in Fulton County. Everybody's wholesaling is hot right now. Everybody's in that. So I know if I announce myself on Facebook and really find the niche of doing probate deals, where it's public records, me and my partner, um, we would go into the probate courts in Gwinnett County and sit there since it's public record and sit there and uh, we'll do lunch in the courthouse, everything. We'll sit there and write um, everyone's who died and look and who that practitioner was. And from there, the practitioner is the person um, that's pretty much inheriting the property. So we would write those names down and then we would call and reach out to those people. That wasn't my first deal. Like I said, my first deal I got on Facebook, it was a friend of mine who had a auntie that was in Florida, house was paid off. And she was like, yo, Brandon, I see, well, she called me Wig. People who I grew up with called me Wig. She was like, Wig, I see that. Um, you, you're in real estate now. I got an auntie. She just want to get rid of a house. She want to retire down in Florida. Um, so that was my first, you know, wholesale deal right there. And so how did you identify that first deal as a deal? Um, did you run it through the criteria okay. that you learned? Or, um, yeah, 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 definitely. I ran it through, being that I was in the Jay Morrison Academy at the time, I knew how to analyze deals. I was out, like I said, I was going to a lot of real meetings. I was networking. So I was meeting um, contractors. I was really building my team. I was, I'm a type of person, if I learn something, I apply what I learn as I go. I don't wait. I was in a six month course or a 12 month course. I didn't wait the whole 12 months to start doing deals or to start looking for deals or start learning deals. As I, as I went, I applied. So when Jay said, brand yourself, I brand myself. I came with real estate king. When he said, go find, build your team with three contractors, three attorneys, three this, three that. I, I did that. So, all the while, while I'm learning how to do real estate, I'm building my team. So when I did get presented with a deal that I almost kind of fell in my lap due to the branding <laughs> that all ties together, I knew how to evaluate it. I had someone to help me evaluate it, and I knew how to go close just from, you know, help as well. So can you kind of break down the numbers on that first deal? I made $3,000 off the deal. This was 2014. You know, not that much. It's all perspective. Um, I want to say... 
the queen, she had owned it full right. She wanted $60,000. This is what she wanted when she told me. She wanted like $60,000 um, to do just to move back to Florida. She had a little money, wanted to get rid of this house, ready to retire. Her, her um, niece told me that she wanted to deal cool. Um, really, it wasn't that much repair work done to it, really. She kept it up in, in good condition. This was up in Norcross. Are you familiar with Norcross? No, no. Familiar with Atlanta, but not okay. Norcross. Okay, okay, cool. So Norcross in North Georgia. So if you know about Atlanta, Norcross, there's not really too many abandoned houses in Norcross. Nothing um, raggedy, I would say. So it didn't need much work. But I had a buyer already from a real meeting that I went to in Roswell, Georgia. Um, and then I met some more buyers in Gwinnett at Starbucks, actually. But I met this buyer in, in Roswell, Georgia. And he told me, if you find anything in Norcross around this price range, he didn't want to spend more than 150. So she wanted 60,000 cash. And I told her she needed about, remember the exact repair, but I think it was like nine or 10 grand, nothing is too crazy. But the ARV in that area, it's like a, a big bowling alley center, like a, a, a whole complex with bowling and golf. So there was this, they were re renovating this area. So at this time, the ARB was around like 123. And I was a little nervous. I had a lot a lot of cushion room in this deal. Um, but I was a little nervous at the time. I was like, you know what? I'm probably just going to try to make five grand. But now that I look back at it, probably could have made more than that. But um, I had a mentor of mine actually walk me through this deal. He came and viewed it for me, helped me kind of determine the repair cost. So when I was able to present it to a seller, um, they were able to help, help me. But... She wanted 60 grand. The ARV was like around 123. Um, the, the repair cost, she was, it was pretty fine. Like I said, about nine, nine to 10 grand. And um, I made $3,000 off the deal. So you mentioned that you had a mentor. Um, when you brought in that mentor, did you cut him on the deal or he just kind of did it to help you out? No, nah, he did it off love, man. I've been blessed to have a lot of mentors um, that really just, take me under their wing, man. That's a blessing of mine. I think God really blessed me that I have a lot of heavy hitters, a lot of top dogs um, help me with help me with a lot of things, man, and don't really ask for anything in return. But I always give value to mentors. I don't just take. You know, Absolutely. I see, I, I, I always see how much value I can, to anybody, man, not even mentors. Um, I play the acoustic guitar. I learned how to play the acoustic guitar from a 23-year-old homeless guy in Athens, Georgia. But I always made sure I brought him some type of value. Well, it's mm -hmm. not even money. You know, it's just somebody to talk to. You know what I mean? And I felt it was therapeutic for him to even teach me how to play the guitar. So I just always try to bring value to my mentors. Yeah. I think that in just in regard to that first wholesale story, what I take from that is that that first deal is not going to be perfect, but it's all about just doing the first deal. Because I was wondering, like, man, like you hop in, it's your first deal, like and you took it from start to finish. Um, you, like you said, you, you, you take action, you, take, you, you apply what you learn. And so many people know the process of wholesaling, but they don't take that step to wholesale a deal. And so they know how to find deals, but they won't put the two and two together. They won't get, they won't get the, the, the buyer. And so that's all I was going to ask you. Was like, how did you get the confidence to still push through that deal, even though it was your first deal? Like, how did you get from point A to point B? It sounds like it was because you had the mentorship, but am I am I missing something? Is there something more there? Man, it's just me, man. Like, not to sound cocky, but <laughs> I just always believe in me. When you prepare yourself, I don't... Some, and it's crazy that you asked me that because the queen asked me that before I got on this interview. 
and she asked me, um, I told her, like, I'm going to call you back. I'm about to um, jump on an interview, a friend of mine. And she's like, do you get nervous when you speak in front of people? And I'm like, no, nah, because I'm telling my truth. And if I'm telling my truth, I don't get nervous at all. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a 25-city corner class tour, and I opened up every ter- corner class. You know, I went to school, college for education, so I had to take public speaking. I'm not the best public speaker, but that helped me not get nervous either. I, and I always learned I grew up playing sports, not to say I'm not, never nervous, or but when you prepare yourself, you, it gives you more confidence. <laughs> so I knew that I was preparing myself as I was learning on, you know, how to find a deal. And, I, and I'm, I've been in sales my whole life. I've only almost worked only sales jobs ever. So I know how to talk to people. I know how to persuade. I know how to um, listen, not listen to respond, but listen to truly understand to someone's problem. That's why I call myself the professional problem solver now because I listen and I want to solve any problem that comes that I come across, whether it's in business, relationships, whatever it is. I pride myself on solving problems. So the more I'm prepared, the less nervous I am and the more I can persevere. I think you, you still own a deal. Is that, is that true? You still own like a rental property? Yeah, I have four properties at the moment. Duplex and um, two townhouses. Well, four doors, not four properties. So can we talk about how you acquired those, but also how you manage that portfolio? Um, yeah, man, I, I, I've been blessed to always have property managers. I have a good property management. It's in the family. I keep everything in the family. Sometimes Jay tells me I, I don't need to, but <laughs> I do. Um, my first property that I bought, I did the traditional of living in one unit, renting out the next unit from there. And the two other townhouses I got was owner finance and somebody my one of my mentors to be honest i still don't understand it all the way how he negotiated it for me but (laughs) like i said i've been blessed to have great mentors on my on my first owner finance deal um i knew the 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 owner said he was willing to do that and at the time i never done it i'm like i don't understand this i don't really know how to do it so i had one of my mentors walk me through it and he helped me with that so i just purchased another property here in May, a townhouse that I live in, that I'm currently living in. I did owner finance with that owner from a probate. Um, so everything ties in together from a probate deal to where, you know, I negotiated where I put 5% down and then where it's a lease purchase. And then at the end of the year, you know, we're locked in at 90,000. Um, but the properties here are the ARVs are like 120, 130. So at the end of the year, you know, I'm paying monthly rent on it, 80% going to the mortgage. Um, so, it's a lot. It's a lot of numbers that go into it, but <laughs> um, so yeah, my two properties, owner finance, and my first one was um, FHA. I had a four unit, and I sold it though, so I had up to eight doors, but now I'm four. What What made you sell the the four unit? Just opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it was this. I ain't want it no more. <laughs> it was in Florida, I'm in the Georgia, I just, and it was, and it was a pretty nice piece of change. So when you would do a seller finance deal, about how long are you taking that term? Is it five years, 10 years, 30 years? How long are they willing to carry that note? The first, the first one was five. So that's not bad. And this one now really is this, it's a year. So I'm really just renting it out for a year. And then at the end of the year of our 12 months lease, I can, you know, pay, the remainder of that 90 without having cash. 
I pay that off and then now I'll just take it off. This is Ken Morris, the CEO and founder of Multibex, the private equity investment firm, and the creator of the brand Lord of My Land, the Alpha Gentleman Entrepreneur. And I am a proud supporter of Tide Capital. You can find me on Instagram at Lord of My Land and at the Lord Ken. This is Charles Oglesby, also known as Todd Millionaire, host of the Millionaire Podcast, and I'm the founder and the director of the Todd Capital Investment Club that now has over 200 members, Todd Acquisitions, which is our crowdfunded real estate firm, and Todd Ventures, our crowdfunded venture capital firm. I am formally inviting you to join one of our many investment clubs. If you are someone who is new to investing, a seasoned investor, or someone who doesn't even know what investing is, we know that you will learn the key to investing and how to build generational wealth through the use of crowdfunding by working with our team. Email info at capitaltod.com to join today. Cool. So I think we've pretty much discussed your real estate portfolio. I want to talk about the businesses that you've owned. Um, I, I guess we can start. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the, the tax company is the first one. I know if you're like me or like anybody else, you started selling stuff in like middle school, elementary school, and you started small businesses <laughs> like that. And you started working up yeah. into having your own big deal. Yeah, man. I um, When I was probably in the what, third or fourth grade, my dad at the time worked at a, like a bakery and whatever they didn't sell that day or that night, he would bring it home. So I'll, he'll bring home like Danish shit, donuts and all of that. So me and my homie who live in an apartment complex, you know, I'm not sure if you know, but you know, apartment complex, they had those green stoops, those little electrical boxes mm-hmm. or whatever they were. So we would just post up there and sell muffins and danishes and stuff. So that was my first like entrepreneur journey. But growing up, man, to be honest, the entrepreneur bug hit me in my twenties, man. I always, I played basketball, so I always felt like I wanted to be in the NBA or something, you know, so sports was really my main love until I knew I wasn't good enough, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so I went to school and I went to school to be a teacher, but after I graduated college is really when the entrepreneur bug hit me. And so how did you get into the, into the tax business? Man, one of my close friends I grew up with from high school, um, I think it was, it was, I forgot when it was, it was probably wintertime. No, after winter, probably spring, summer, spring. And he would always be home playing the Xbox. And he'd just be home chilling. I'm like, bro, what what the hell are you doing? Like, you know, I'm like, I know he ain't selling drugs because he's soft. So I'm like, like, what are, what are you doing? You're never doing anything. He's like, man, I bought into this tax franchise. I'm doing this. You know, if you make a lot of money into it, they train you, they do all of that. And at this time, I was at a point in my life where I was working at Tampa Catholic High School, coaching high school basketball. And I was working in the mall. I was a manager at a at a clothing store. And I was at a point in my life where, like, man, it's time to, to make something shake. And at this time, I still didn't know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But I knew I didn't want to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And have somebody control my time. So I wasn't quite sure yet. But he was doing it. And I think it was like two or three years down the road from that, from that initial conversation. I moved to Atlanta. One of my best friends told me, just like, Wig, Atlanta, where it's that? You just need to move here. So I was like, you know what? I see Jason. He doing his thing in the tax game, making money. My homie, Kerry, he just moved to Atlanta. He said, this is the move. So I just quit my job, man. I was like, what, 23, 24? I just quit. And I paid up my bills for like three months. I had $700 left. 
and I just moved to Atlanta. This is the time J. Cole Friday Night Lights came out. I don't know if you listened to J. Cole, but he was jamming. So J. Cole Friday Night Lights came out, and me and my, my girlfriend at the time, we packed up my whip, 2009 Mr. B.C. Good Line, packed to the brim, and I moved, and I slept with my on my homie couch for like seven months, seven, eight months, unemployed. Uh, no job. I'm cutting grass. I'm working at a funeral home. I'm um, working at a barbecue restaurant, cooking ribs and shit. Like I would, whatever it was, whatever I had to take for me to get some money, I did it. And my homeboy approached me again, who had a tax office. So by this time, he like two or three years in the game, and I got a job at Target. I was working at Target for a year. So finally, after I was unemployed for seven months, I was working at Target for a year, and I'm stay. You know, I'm pretty comfortable now. You know, from going from not working for almost a year to making, you know, I made like 50 grand for a year. And then my friend is like, man, this tax game, where is that? This is what you need to do. I just quit Target. You know what I mean? I'm an action taker. Like I said, I just quit Target. And that's when I really started that. I don't even like to use the word entrepreneur anymore. Like, it's so overused. Like, some people are not really hard born entrepreneurs. I, I really more like to say, you know, I'm just a businessman, dog. Like, whatever makes sense to me, I do it. And I just try to conduct business at a, at a high level, and I'm still learning. But that's what kind of got my journey started from selling those donuts to not thinking about being an entrepreneur to seeing a friend of mine become a successful businessman and, and me starting my journey around 24, 25. And so I think that... um. I mean, I see that you have an online company, but I think you also own a company that you you run from out of state. Is that true? Yeah. So put my hands in a lot of e-commerce businesses, but also a friend of mine, his name Christopher Bright. Um, when we were in college, he started a a t-shirt company, and you know, me and him are um, co-owners with that. I jumped into that business with him, and I pretty much run the sales aspect, get him business. Um, get not him. I always say him because he's more of the face of the brand of the company, and I'm, you know, solid inside of the company. But um, I, I'm pretty much the sales. I get the company business, get us contracts on the present um, for to produce clothing for clothing companies, fraternities, sororities, basketball team, baseball team. So just a printing company called Godfather of Print. And, you know, e-com, I love e-com. I love the e-com space right now. Because everything is, you know, on the internet. You know, you see Best Buy shutting down. You see Walmart shutting down. You'll never think Walmart should be shutting down. Like, yeah, for real. Yeah. But somebody told you 10 years ago, Walmart shutting down. You'll be like, man, you crazy as hell. You know what I'm saying? But, so, e-com is just the space. And I've been blessed in that area to have a great mentor by the name of Napoleon Byers, who, you know, schooled me. A to Z on e-com and how to do Facebook ads and marketing on Facebook, but I didn't learn it myself. I, I like to call, like I said, that's why I'm a businessman. I'm not, I'm an entrepreneur too, I guess, but I'm a businessman because I don't try to do, I'm in a lot of stuff, but I don't do a lot of stuff, if that makes sense. Even with the e-com space, even like, okay, Godfather of print. I'm in that, in the printing business, but I'm not in it daily. Is I delegate a lot of stuff and I put the best people in that position. But the e-com business, I know the surface level stuff, but I'm not running Facebook ads every day. I'm not doing the marketing. I have people in place to do that for me, like my friends. 
my, I, I do all my, you know, when they say don't do business with your friends and family, I never believed in that because everybody, every business I'm doing and I'm in, I do it with friends and families and we rocking and we yeah. rolling. So that's, that shit don't apply to me. Yeah. Don't do friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That don't apply to me. I'm doing business with my friends and family and we rocking and rolling. I knew I didn't want to learn the econ space and because I'm not good at computers and I'm not good at programming and sitting in the front of a computer every day. But I know my best friend Carrie is. So I like, look, Carrie, let's learn this skill. I'm going to put my, I met, I know a guy named Napoleon. He going to teach you. We're going to start a business and you run it. Yep. So that's just how I look at everything. I, I think that, again, you said a lot there. And um, I think it was all really, really powerful. One of the things I was talking about this morning is there's kind of a difference between being self-employed and being a business owner. And a lot of people yeah. who think, think they're going into business are really just creating a job for themselves. But when you really become a businessman, what you really do is you pretty much own and control a system that runs itself. And so for me, like, I like what you said. It's like, you do a lot, but you don't do a lot because where I was going to go with that is like, man, you own four units. You have, it looks like three businesses, maybe two businesses. You also have a job, plus you also are building your own brand. It's like, how do you manage it all? And it sounds like you, you put the team in place to run that. Um, I mean, that's something that I've done me because I've been able to kind of grow my brand. I've been able to kind of create derivative companies that I don't necessarily run. So the tax company, I don't run the tax company. I bring in clients. I do the marketing. I do the branding for that. And then I pitch off the clients to the people who do the work. Another thing that you, you mentioned is about e-commerce. And I think that a lot of us right now are sitting on a huge opportunity because it takes almost a lot of these things, they don't take any money. It doesn't take any money to start a business now. All you need is an internet connection to start a business. In our actuality, you can get that from the library for free. You don't even have to pay for the, the wireless service yourself. You can go to Starbucks. You can take a tablet. There are so many free resources out there. And a lot of people think that they have to have that non-Gmail account or they have to have that fancy website. And I mean, that could be great and that can happen down the line. But I'm very big on getting started, getting fancy later. Um, Erica Williams, she said she brings in like $9,000 a month with a Gmail account. So, I mean, a lot of this show is motivation for people on the sidelines who have the opportunity right now to build wealth for themselves, to invest in real estate, to start that e-com business. And we're sitting on a golden opportunity now. You don't have to have the money to get the lease on that space. You don't have to have the money to buy that property to start your business. You can just create a website and the website is your business now. The website is that building. So, I mean, this is just kind of motivation. You've heard it from Brandon himself, um, what he's accomplished. Um, there's just a huge opportunity for a lot of us out there right now to take action and build something for our kids and our kids' kids. So, man, we've, uh, I, I think that we've talked about your business. We've talked about um, your real estate, but we haven't talked about what you're building now. So, uh, I know you just released a podcast. I saw episode one. I'm not sure what else you have in the, pod, in the pipeline, but can you kind of talk about your current brand and what you're building right now? Yeah, yeah, most definitely, man. So, like I said, now Brandon J. Bigley, the professional problem solver. Um, like I said, I call myself a problem solver because sales is life to me. And when, when you hear the word sales, most of the time people think of a sleazy car salesman or somebody <laughs> doing something in a negative way. But um, in all actuality, man, I'm just here to sales and eat, really solving people's problems and needs. And that's what I'm in. Um, and with that, it's really building my personal brand on just my lifestyle. I love music. I play the acoustic guitar. I have a, 
I forgot to even say this. I have a, a business that's called Spread Love and Good Music, where we create community curated playlists on Spotify, where every month is a different theme, a different. So this month is 70s theme. It's a 70s theme. Last month it was a tribute to bad boy music. So we create, you know, playlists. And because I, I truly believe, you know, music and sports are two things that unite everyone. You know, you can see somebody in the airport who you barely even don't even know, and they have on a Atlanta Hawks hat. You go, like, oh, what's up? Go Falcons. I mean, go Hawks. Or uh, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Sports bring us together as long as well as music. You go to a rap concert, now it's more white people than black people. <laughs> you know, so music is dear to my heart. So that's why I started that business. I'm looking to grow that brand, spread love and good music to eventually one day um, we have like a music festival, kind of like Coachella or the Broccoli City Festival or whatever it is. So just grow that community business. Um, my personal brand, Brandon J. Wigley, man, I want to definitely start doing more speaking engagements, not just of being a motivational speaker, but you know, really giving practical advice on how to do things. Also inspire um, people as I speak. And, and like I said throughout this interview, I've been blessed to have a lot of great mentors, a lot of young OGs, I like to call them. <laughs> a lot of people that really just pour into me. It's not even me. Like, I'm the dumbest person in my clique <laughs> that I'm around. I'm with Jay and I'm with Ramon Tooks and Ferrari Simmons, a whole bunch of people. So I knew that was one of my callings and my purpose. And I, be I truly believe my purpose is to help other people find their purpose in life. So that was the reason why I started the podcast, Split Your Wig. Um, kind of, of course, a plate off of my last name, my last name being Wiggly, but Split Your Wig has a negative term. In our community, I guess, in certain, at the end of South, it does. I'm from the South. When you think of split your wig, you're thinking, you know, somebody beat you up and, you know, cut your head to the white meat, as they like to say. But I, I just wanted to flip that term into often, a lot of times people ask me, oh, wig, let me pick your brain, man. Let me, how you did this real estate deal or how you do that or who did you do this with? Or, so I'm like, you know what? All these dope people I know with my purpose being helping other people find their purpose. I love to entertain people through music. I just love entertainment. I'm going to drop this podcast called Split Your Wig and, and interview influential people that I know, hopefully to inspire the listeners to help them find their purpose. That's my reason for my podcast, and I just want to grow that. Um, much success to yours, King. I never met you before <laughs> before this, but I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big person on energy and vibes, so I salute you. I salute you for even reaching out to me. And let me come on your platform. So I got to do, I got to do the same and bring you on mine, man. Like I said, we bring <laughs> value to each other. We bring value to each other, man. And, and we all both trying up. It's like me and Jay say, we all just both trying up and be the best as kings in this community as we can be. So as my personal brand, just want to present my lifestyle and the way I live. Whoever, whoever gravitates to it, hopefully I help them find their purpose. So before, before we end the show, do you have any tips that you want to live with, uh, leave with the guests or the listeners rather? Do you have any like just three tips in regards to business, real estate, branding, anything we discussed here? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm a true believer in always skill up, you know, skill up meaning always learn. I think what helped really change my life is when I started re reading more, but it's definitely find a skill. For me, it was a mentor that let me know like, man, you need to really double down and skill up on sales. Sales is life. 
and I and that would really change my life when I really focused on learning the art of sales. Um, I, that really helped me. So, whatever skill it is, if you're a painter or play that, you play sports, you're a writer, really focus and hone in on the craft and skill up. That's definitely one piece of advice. Another one for me, like I kind of mentioned it, is just read more. I definitely read more. I, and, you know, nowadays we have audio books. You know, definitely get that knowledge to you every day because it's going to feed your subconscious mind. It's going to make you a better writer. It's going to make your vocabulary better. It's going to make you think sharper. So reading definitely helps in many aspects of your life. Um, so skill up, read more, shoot your shot, man. <laughs> uh, even if it's with the queens, if it's with the kings, if it's with a business, whatever it is, shoot your shot. If you if you know you're preparing yourself, if you're doing number one and number two, like I said, if you're skilling up, if you're reading more, man, when the opportunity comes, shoot your shot. I don't care if, some, if you see somebody out in the club you want to talk to or if it's that new business, that e-com you're trying to start, shoot your shot and everything else will fall into place. Cool, cool. So you mentioned reading. That brings me to the last two questions of the show. And that first question is, what is your favorite book? The Four Agreements. Never read that yeah, one. That's but my I've... favorite. Oh, man, you got to get it in your life. I don't even know the author name by heart. Yeah, The Four Agreements, man. When I read that book, it tells you how to really deal with people and that's that's definitely my favorite book for sure last so, question is what does wealth mean to you wealth means to me time freedom man time freedom that's that means a lot to me to be able to control my time even working with jay morrison academy and being vpsl is not even a job it's a partnership you know it's like the way we have it the way we structure it like jay always calls me an apartment he calls me his scotty pippen to michael jordan <laughs> you know, so wealth means to me is just being able to control my time. When I work jobs, I used to hate when somebody tell me you can only eat at one o'clock or you get this limited time of break. It's like, no, I'm not hungry at once. And I want to be on break longer than 15 minutes or whatever it is. Yep. But wealth means to me time, freedom and legacy. Once you build wealth, you build legacy. I have a three-year-old daughter and I want to in install her now what wealth is and building legacy and it starts with me to be in that example. I like that. <clears throat> I like, I like the fact that, I mean, so often we hear that like the true luxury is time and time is more important than money, but nobody's ever phrased it that you want to have control of your time. Cause that's way different. It's like if, if it's Monday more, it's kind of like a uh, Juan Pablo says, it's like that wake up whenever you want to money. So um, yep. with that, yep. this has been episode number 59. Um, where can people find out more about you and everything you have going on? For sure, man. Uh, I'm on Instagram a lot. So you can follow me at Brandon J. Wiggly, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, the letter J, Wiggly, W-I-G-L-E-Y. If you want to reach out to me about anything real estate related, you can email me at Brandon at J A J Morrison Academy.com. So it's J-A-Y Academy.com. Um, you can find my podcast on YouTube at the moment. I think next week we're going to have it on iTunes, Google Play, and a couple other streaming platforms. But right now it's on YouTube. Um, Brandon J. Weekly, you can find me there and catch my podcast there. Also, check me out. Check us out on spreadloveandgoodmusic.com. We sell merchandise, and we have community-curated playlists where you can add 
to the playlist that we have on Spotify. So this is a I think this was an inspirational podcast. It's inspirational because of everything that you own and manage while kind of making it look effortless. Like if you see you on the internet, it seems like you're focused on like a lot of the the work related stuff and not so much your business because it seems like your business is just run themselves and that's what they're supposed to do. So I'm inspired for that. I'm inspired that um, I think a lot of people can learn a lot. Just the mentorship aspect was huge on this show. Um, I met a guy in the bookstore and he told me that if you don't have a mentor, you're living your future already. So I think that this show shows that it's kind of important to have a mentor in everything you do, not just in your career, but in your real estate profession and your businesses and whatever you decide to do is huge to have a mentor. So a lot of keys, a lot of gems, very, very content filled in the 45 minutes of this show. Um, I appreciate you for coming on. This show um, is always available on all the different platforms. I think we're not on like, there's some stuff out there we're not on, but for the most part, we're on everything. There's one last question I want to ask you because I I saw you on the Jay Morrison show and you made a point that you don't believe in the butterfly feeling that some people say they get when it comes to a relationship or the significant other. And I don't, I don't know if you touched <laughs> on nation in that show, but I wanted to get an answer from you here. What did you, what do you mean by that? And um, I guess why? Yeah. Yeah. Dope, dope. I'm glad you watched the episode, brother. Um, I just don't believe in that man. And uh, maybe because I never felt it. So let me just, I guess I'm being a little biased, but I don't believe this because you catch the butterfly for somebody that that feeling of, you know, this perfect world. You look at this woman in her eyes and she just mesmerizes you. Like, I don't believe that means that person is the one for you. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. Um, I feel it's just an emotion that you're feeling that flees. And I always, I just truly believe that butter, butterfly feeling flees and it leaves. And when it leaves, a lot of times people leave with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, so therefore, that causes me to believe that, you know, that just because you have the butterflies, are you, you know, even if it isn't even really butterflies, it may be less. You know, that means you're supposed to be with somebody. But I said it'd be tripping. I'm not a relationship expert. I don't know. I haven't found love yet, I guess. I'm looking for it, though. Well, not looking for it. Hopefully it falls into my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely, I mean, especially when it comes to marriage, marriage, um, it's more about compatibility than anything. It's like you need somebody that you guys have the same interests, likes, all that good stuff. Because if you are compatible, it can get rough at times. If you guys are interested in joining any of our investment clubs, you can email us at info at capitaltod.com. The website is capitaltod.com. And we are always available to answer your calls. the contact information is also on the website. So if you want to give us an actual call, you can call us on the website. Again, this is 59. My name is Charles Oglesby, also known as Ty 